if we don't stop and take the time, we're just on this hamster wheel and we just keep going and going and going. And we kind of do life like side by side and not like to each other, you know? Welcome friends. We are your hosts, Sandy and Wade, baby best friends turned husband and wife and business partners. This podcast is for the dreamers, the movers and shakers, and those who seek to attract their dream life. Strap in, getting magnetic in three, two, one. Like attracts like. If you see it in your mind, you can hold it in your hand. You just decide what it's going to be, who you're going to be, how you're going to do it. And then from that point, the universe is going to get out your way. This moment in time, this is your time to rise. Oh my goodness. We are so excited for today's guest. As you guys know, in the month of April, we are in the theme of marriage, relationships, all the things. And we are so grateful to have on Megan and Casey. These two are a powerhouse. They have quite a story. I've actually followed them on Instagram for years. And I recently heard them actually on a dear friends podcast and thought, Oh my gosh, we need to have them on getting magnetic. Mm -hmm. They have such a great relatable story. And I feel like we could just have such good, like conversation, like around this topic. So Casey and Megan, welcome to getting magnetic. Thank you so much for having us. We're excited to be here. We're excited for you. So I think we we're so drawn to you guys because Sandy and I are married. We're parents. We do business together. We have a podcast together and we look at you guys like, oh my gosh, they are doing all these things too. And just probably for a little bit longer than we are, we could gain so much wisdom from them. Oftentimes we sought you out because we're like, we want to talk to them and like ask them questions. And if we do that, the listeners will probably benefit too. But I'd love for you guys to kind of introduce yourself and share your story because it's an amazing, empowering, super relatable story of kind of how you got here sitting where you are with Marriage 65, huge brand in the relationship, marriage and and kind of development space. Um, But it hasn't always been that way, right? So we'd love for you guys to share kind of your background and your story. Well, it it is interesting that we're known as the couple least likely to succeed in marriage. (laughs) It's kind of funny because, you know, I mean, even even today, you know, when we get up on stage or, you know, you're you're looked at as an expert, you know, it it still kind of hits me sideways because I'm like, yeah, I don't know, (laughs) because our story was kind of a typical story. We met in college, fell in love. Dating was super easy for me. Of course, I, you know, I, my creative juices were flowing on how can I express my love to Megan? (laughs) Um, But, but what was kind of the iceberg, what was underneath the surface was actually a lot of childhood wounds and you know, needs that, uh, expectations that, that I put on Megan. And again, when you're dating someone, you're just kind of interacting, you're kind of getting in there's their life and then you're out, you, you get your own time, but marriage is like together all the time. Fully immersive. So, yeah. So everything was great through dating all the way through our wedding. And then it, on our wedding night, I had some sex expectations that, <laughs> well, yeah, and and to be, you know, I waited until I was married to have sex. So first round at it was, uh, well, didn't happen too long. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I tried it and I want some more. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so around two a.m., I woke her up and I was like, "Hey, so I know now that we're married, I'm going to get all the sex that I want, right?" <laughs> and she looked at me at two a.m. and I. 
she's half asleep and she just said, get out of here, go away. <laughs> and my, all of my childhood abandonment wounds, like all of a sudden just like came out like this, this monster from, from in the shadows. And I, I was like immediately feeling rejected mm-hmm. and, and just triggered to the point where I got out of bed and I slept on the couch. So then I wake up in the morning. It's like our first morning as husband and wife. And I'm like, oh, I roll over and he's gone and he's pouting on the couch. And, and he's like, hey, you rejected me last night. And I'm like, I don't even remember. And he learned I'm a very heavy sleeper. My kids, mm. our kids know yeah. mom doesn't wake up for anything. We live in California, <laughs> not even for earthquakes. I sleep through all of them. Um, <laughs> and so that was kind of obviously not a great way to start your marriage. And then just after, like, we just had really bad communication we didn't know how to repair our, after we would get into an argument. We're both very stubborn people. We're both very driven people. We're very um, competitive too, though. Mm-hmm. Yes. So when we fight, the competitive spirit comes out, I'm going to win. Yes, yep. for sure. We have student <laughs> loan debt. We have between our both sets of our parents, there's 12 marriages. Yeah. So we just, we just had so much baggage that we brought into the relationship. And then we didn't have like really any tools and skill sets. And so by year three of our marriage, we really were heading towards divorce. I mean, I was the one that he didn't really want the divorce. I just was like, I just can't imagine like the next 50 years with this guy. Like Mm. I loved him at one point, but what the heck happened? And it just kind of was this really, really sad and quick downfall of our relationship. And I remember having coffee with my friend, my best friend, who actually now works for marriage 365, by the way. And I just said, I just in tears, like, I think, I think it's done. And she said, you know, this is a really big decision. And before you make this massive decision, you know, I really recommend you go see a professional, like go see a therapist. Maybe this is fixable, you know, really great advice, by the way. So I went by myself to therapy because Casey didn't want to go. Yeah. I had I begged like, for years. Can you go to therapy? We need help. We have issues. And he's like, I don't have issues. Guys don't need help, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 We don't need yeah. therapy. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, I was so prideful too. I mean, awesome. every, every sort of attempt she she gave it, like, hey, we should get help. Let's go read a book. Let's go do this. I was just like, nah, I'm good. Or he would say, like, I'm not the problem. You're the problem. I'm like, oh, that feels good. Thanks for that. Yeah. Um, even though I was the problem too, by the way. We were both equally pretty unhealthy. Um, and I sat with this therapist and she just said, you know, I, I want to make sure you're asking the right question for anybody who comes on my couch and is considering separation or divorce. And it's this, have you done everything and anything you can to save your marriage? So you don't live with regret because a very high number of people who end up divorcing live with a lot of, a lot of regret. I knew my answer was no, I had not tried everything. I was not a healthy wife by any means. And she said, listen, you're on my couch. You're in front of me. Let's work on you. And if you want to make a better marriage, it starts by making a better you. And, and that really was a turning point for me in my life. And I've never gone back to, I call it old Megan, where I was selfish and insecure and I didn't have boundaries and Casey would yell and I would yell right back. Oh man, I'm a, I was going to challenge him and meet him. I, I learned over the course of 13 months how to be a healthy person, a healthy spouse. Hmm. And I just started putting up boundaries and I started being able to forgive him, even though he didn't apologize. And I learned all of these communication tools and it started impacting our marriage just slowly. But it was amazing because at the end of the day, I could say, no matter what, I lived out my vows. Like I showed up in good times and a bad I tried my hardest, no matter what was going to happen to our marriage. And it, it was that mind shift 
really gave me a lot of peace. And it took about a year for me to catch on. Like, I mean, I was starting to see changes in her. And when I look back at that season, um, you know, (laughs) there's this classic memory and story that I have of, I was all teed off about Megan, who knows what, but I was upset. I was so, so mad. I come walking into the room. She can see my face is red. I mean, I don't hide what I'm feeling. It's, it's a a blessing and a curse. It's on his sleeve, it's it's his face, it's in his tone. She sees me from across the room and she stands up. She's like, I can tell that you're really upset. And I really actually want to hear what you have to say. We can work through this. But right now, I can tell that, you know, you need maybe some time. So I'm going to step outside the room. Why don't you take five minutes, then I'm going to come back in and we can talk about it in a healthy way. I was like, oh, my God, I lost my sparring partner. (laughs) You know, I lost the person that, you know, we can happen words. Yeah, I was like, ah. And and for me, it as Megan healed herself and got more confident, that confidence was so sexy Mm. and and it was something very attractive. And ultimately, when I was looking at the mirror, I realized actually now I'm the unhealthy spouse and I desire that confidence. And that that was the spark for me of like, okay, you know what? I want what she has. And so I started my own journey of healing, healing our marriage. Now, I'm going to tell you this, you know, a lot of people think, oh, okay, now you start your healing journey back to normal, right? No, no, no. It takes it. It does. It takes time yeah. because you know you you make a mistake and then you feel like, oh my gosh, did we just lose everything that we worked on? You know, trust is lost in those buckets, right? When you lose it, you lose it. But it takes time. It's earned in drops. You've got to you know want every single day. You got to show up. You got to be accountable. You got to be responsible. I had to deal with my pride and my ego and. Thank she's good, thank she, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> and, and getting used to saying, like, you know what, you're right, Megan. Yes, it's mm. my favorite thing from to say. No, we both, we both love that's the problem. We both love being right. And I yeah. had to in that season put my stubbornness, my my own ego away. And and I always tell like I coach more women than men, but I always tell the women I coach, like if you stop worrying about what your husband's doing and not doing, and you actually take that and use that space to work on yourself to say, I have zero control over him. Like he's going to do what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. It actually does give you the freedom and the capacity to work on yourself. And in and, and study, every study that's been done on marriage has shown two healthy people make a healthy marriage. And so, but who do you have control over? You mm-hmm. and only you. Now, at the end of the day, you're the one that has to be accountable for your own actions. I'm not accountable for what Casey does and mm-hmm. says. And so all that to say, as we started repairing and healing our marriage, we saw this major gap. In, I don't want to call it the marriage market. Well, but before, before we get there, I, what I wanted to say was once we started working on our marriage, you would hope, well, now things are going to be easier, right? Mm-hmm. But actually, I think things got harder for us mm. because we struggled with infertility. Mm. And that's a hard journey to go through by yourself. Mm-hmm. And then 2008 hit. Mm-hmm. So we lost everything. And I had to move in with my mother-in-law that wasn't fun for either one of us no and and it was it was a really rough season and and the thing is that you know when we think of like happily ever after we just think like it's going to be a fairy tale but the reality is that those times that were hard actually fused us together Mm. it was it was actually the hard times that really strengthened our marriage not the easy times Hmm. So it is an interesting thing when people think about like, 
you know what I, I think couples kind of go, well, we're we're gonna approach a really tough season. Well, this is that this is the time then to get on the same page because couples that are together can face parenting a child with special needs, which is our number two. We had to deal with that. Dealing with infertility, job loss, financial stress, carriages, you name it. That was all the things that we had to confront in the midst of us trying to heal our marriage. So it was like, you know, you'd think like, oh, it's just smooth sailing now that, the, you know, we've got these communication tools. But in fact, I think it was really tough for me to deal with our, it was, it was fused us together. That's all I want to say. Yeah. In the midst of like, like, I guess, um, what is it? Gold refining in the fire, right? You know, we had a, the heat had to be turned on for us to deal with all of our communication, unforgiveness, conflict skills. Well, it's the pain that drives us to change and mm-hmm. to say, this isn't working for us. We need to do something different. Yeah. And that's what we did. So in the midst <laughs> of all that, to make a long story short, we saw this major gap in uh, marriage, marriage health. What do you do if you don't have money for therapy? Therapy is is worth every penny, but what if you can't afford it? Well, we couldn't afford it anymore, like continuously. What do you do if you can't find a marriage therapist you both connect with? There aren't that many marriage resources out there for if you think about how many couples and married couples are out there. It's quite sad, actually. And so um, we started to kind of just create our own resources, like, Here's a perfect example. You know, we have these business meetings at work. Why aren't we having like a business meeting as a couple where we sit down once a week and we talk about expectations and schedules and budgets? Like this is what successful companies do. Why aren't couples having this? So we created the weekly marriage business meeting. And so we started to create all of these different resources and use them in our marriage. And our friends were like, this is life changing. Like you guys need to share this with other people. And that's really one of the main driving forces of what we do at Marriage 365 is we wanted to provide affordable and online convenient resources for all couples and not just hurting couples, which is pretty much what therapy is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, we're a very different approach than therapy. Um, and so we started Marriage 365 about 10 years ago out of our own brokenness and saying they're, they're, we can't be the only couple that has experienced these low points and these hard points. And we know that so many live in shame mm-hmm. and like with quiet desperation to want to get help. But it's embarrassing to raise your hand and say, yeah. hey, I, I need help in my marriage. Most people don't do that. Mm-hmm. And they think that the only alt- the only option is therapy. And that is not the only option. Enter Marriage 365. Heck wow. yes. I love your story. You guys are so easy to listen to. Mm-hmm. I'm like captivated by your story. And, you know, I always say your mess becomes your message. Mm-hmm. Like truly you guys turned your mess into your message and like, look what, what you've turned it into and like how many millions of people that you've impacted, like through being really vulnerable and like raw and like opening wide up, which is really scary to do, but like putting it all out there, being able to talk about your wedding night and like those vulnerable feelings of like, yeah, this is where we were at. This is what happened. Um, but that's so relatable. Like we, we, we feel all those things too. I love it too, because I think like, yeah, with your pain becoming your purpose. And like, when we ask for a stronger marriage, or we ask for something, or we want something, whatever your belief system is, like, let's use God, you ask God for, I I just want a better marriage, or I want my husband to be better to me or whatever it is. We think like, okay, it's just going to be, it's just going to come to us and be handed to us. But what's really, okay, like your creator says like, okay, I hear you. Here's what I'm going to give you. 
all these opportunities that are going to come in pain and strife and suffering for you to grow into that person that you need to become and for you to individually to grow into that person. So then you can have the strong marriage. You want strength. I'm going to bring you to your knees and give you the opportunity to become strong. And that's what I see in your guys' story, which is so cool and how you both starting with, with Megan, but took a hundred percent responsibility for yourself. And I love that because leadership really hard to do really hard. Yeah. Like it's so easy to point the finger and be like you, 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 right. And we did premarital therapy. And- I'm so excited. Sandy's been a part of this first 20 minutes. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Both of us have no, because it's so easy to do that. And they say, you know, when you point a finger out, there's like three pointing back at you. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh my goodness. That's so, it's so easy to be like, you're doing this and you're doing this. And something we learned in premarital was, um, and we also, we do something called the Criddity. Our last name is Criddities. So we do the Criddities connection and it's like, a. Marriage. Yeah. We need to get back into it. Marriage business meeting type business meeting where we go through these things and you have to start it with, um, affirmations and like compliments, like, okay, three compliments. What did you, what's something, what are three amazing things that you did this week or whatever? And you cannot say you, and you cannot say always Mm. or never. Those are like the rules. You can't say you always do this or you never do this. So it's like, I feel like this when this happens, right. Versus being like, you always do this or you never do this. But I always like love hearing these things. And, you know, looking at your website, I was so impressed by how many resources and like worksheets and different things that you guys provide. I was like going in on it. I was like, this is so fun. Like, I want to spend hours on this website and print out everything and like have this become like staples in our household. I just feel like if people actually truly knew about what you guys have to offer and how it's just out there for people, like so many people would have less suffering in their marriage. Oh, well, thank you for that. Especially as my role in Marriage 365 is content director. So I feel like amazing. We work so hard at giving people practical things because we would never want marriage to, to feel like it's this impossible thing or that you have to have a degree in it or that you have to be some expert. Like anybody can learn how to be a better communicator. If you have that desire, we will provide the tools for you. Anybody can learn how to set boundaries of consequences. You just have to have the tools. You have to have someone to guide you through. And that's what we do at Marriage 365. You know, like you guys are, you guys are in business, you know, and you have all these different lines that you're working on and, and streams of income. And, and, you know, it'd be like if you guys tackled doing business just on your own, like, I'm just going to come up with the ideas. I'm going to execute on my own and not rely on, oh, this guy's doing the same exact thing. What are you doing? What's your strategy? Oh, how are you doing email marketing? Or how are you structuring your businesses so that my tax liability is lowered? As business and entrepreneurial spirits, like we we look to others to say like, hey, you've been successful. What are the things that you're doing? When it comes to relationships, I think so many people just rely on assumptions like, yeah, well, I'm just going to wing it. It's like, well, okay, wh- why don't you look at some tools that could be helpful or why don't you reach out? But I, I, I do find, and it's funny, you said something about like, I, I did the same exact thing where when I was first married and we were hurting, I'm like, God, can you just give us a great marriage? <laughs> like as almost as if like, God, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and it'll be super soft She's going to let go of all the pain and I am going to be in, you know, the dove of communication skills is going to descend upon me and I'm going to be able to communicate exactly what I need and feel in the moment. And I believe that 
that uh, if theology is like the study of God, I think there's a lot of principles and concepts and but they but the practical nature I think of theology gets lived out in our marriage because mm-hmm. if the, our call is to love God and to love others, the first other on that list happens to be our spouse. Mm-hmm. And yet, what we hear often is people are so kind to people outside their home and so mean to their spouses behind closed doors. And I know this personally. <laughs> this is not like me a shame thing at all because I was I was uh, offender number one. And it really is kind of like a hard look at yourself is, do I treat people like my friends and extended family? and coworkers nicer than the person that I live with, make babies with, have sex with, like do life together with, then I, maybe I have, maybe I have it upside down. Maybe your priorities are a little out of whack. Mm -hmm. Oh, so good. Let's, let's dive into communication because one thing Sandy and I have learned and not mastered at all is we have such different communication (laughs) styles where we're similar in a lot of ways, but we're different too. And as far as communication goes, like, let's say we get into something, a a tiff, a little fight or whatever it is, disagreement. I just want to like rationally deal with it head on right there in the moment. So to like dissolve it right, right then and there and not have it linger and not have to wait. Sound a lot alike. And then, and then Sandy needs space immediately because she might like, she, Okay, you say your no, communication my nature, style. My okay. nature is to attack and I will win. Irrational fire. Like that's edited. my nature, but I've had to. In She'll nature, say anything. Yes, I've said some bad things. <laughs> I'm being honest. It's, it's embarrassing, but like I've gotten to a place where I've realized like I don't want to like hurt him. I don't want to name call him. If he ever talked to me like that, I'd be like, like, no, like I'm a queen. Like, don't you dare talk to me like that. So I've realized when I'm really upset about something, I need to have space. I need to, I need a little bit of time to like digest, to really think through how I'm going to react to, no, how I'm going to, what I'm going to say. So I don't react. And so I am really mindful and and intentional about like what I want to say. And I'm not bringing up stuff from the past and stuff like that, but my yeah. Yeah. And so those are our communications. That was my question. Like, let's dive into that as a resource for couples listening and for us, like, that's really why I'm asking, but how did you guys improve your communication? What skills or tools are, were you guys totally different communicators? Like share kind of some wisdom or insight in that space. Okay. So first off, it's really normal for couples to have different fight cycles, or I should say like fight or flight. Have you guys heard of that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, there's usually someone who brings up an issue oftentimes an avoider marries a fighter. So that's really, really common. It's very rare for two people to get together and have like the same exact way that they communicate and deal with conflict. Like we we've basically seen it in like three couples we've ever met. So <laughs> most people are very different. And so first off, you're you guys are normal, which means that we're normal because we have very different styles as well. So in our marriage, what the cycle was is usually I brought up the issue, which in marriage, 75% of the time, females bring up the issue. Mm-hmm. And, but my approach was not healthy. And then that would make Casey feel attacked, abandoned, triggered. And he sounds like you, Sandy, where he would and just like voice off. And then he just like walk away. Cause he was like, so flooded. And then I felt like, well, you're walking away. You're like giving up, like, let's fight this out. Let's hash it out. Let's like move forward. Yes. That's so, that was, so when you can actually learn your cycle, that's step one. 
is mm. to acknowledge this is our cycle. And I, and I always tell couples, evaluate who's bringing up the issue most of the time. It's usually the same person, just most of the time. Mm -hmm. Who's the one that's avoiding? Who's the one that's fighting? Who's the one that needs space? Who's the one that you can tell is emotionally flooded and, and just needs to process? So one of the best tools that I actually learned by myself and that during when I was going to therapy by myself that I taught Casey was it's, it's weight, W-A-I-T, why am I talking? Before you enter into a conversation, especially if it's something that is maybe a sensitive topic like a mother-in-law or money or a parenting issue, actually think like, what do I want from this conversation? Mm. Do I want a safe place to vent? Do I want to apology? Am I looking for my spouse to validate my feelings? Because we're assuming that when we bring up something to our spouse, they should know exactly what we're feeling, what we need from them. What do we want the outcome to be? And it's not fair. Like Casey mentioned earlier, we make so many assumptions. So if I wanted to brainstorm ideas with him on how we're going to overcome this thing financially, I would go like, hey, hey, babe, we need to talk about our money. Um, what I actually really need from you in this conversation is for us to work as a team. We got to like make pros and cons lists. We got to come up with ideas on how we're going to overcome this together with our finances. See, now he knows what I'm looking for. Now, if I came to the conversation and I just said, oh my gosh, I'm so stressed out financially and da, 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 and I just kind of needed a safe place to vent and he was on problem solving mode, right? He'd be like, okay, let's fix. I'm like, no, I just want to vent to you. Why don't you know that already? And that's, that's such an easy tool. It just, it's mm -hmm. a habit that takes time to build up. And so we have a worksheet at Marriage 365 where we actually have you stop and think about what do I really need? From my spouse right now and and wait it sounds like you're a fixer like me mm -hmm. so it's really helpful when casey comes to me and he goes i just want you to listen to me right now mm. because yes. my natural tendency is to always get into fix it mode well yes. let's fix this mm -hmm. and so that will always be my go-to and i'm also a coach for mm -hmm. you know life and marriage so that's what people hire me to do is i'm going to fix your marriage problem i'm going to fix what's going on mm -hmm. and i have to remember casey's not my project he's not my client and so it's, I'm really grateful when he comes to me and he gives me a heads up on what he needs from me. So that's a great communication tool. So even for you, Sandy, to say, I'm emotionally flooded. I need to, to I need 10 minutes right now. Like communicate what you need in that moment. And then of course, try to respect your spouse and what they need from you in that moment. See, I what I love about Megan is she gets into the nitty gritty right away. Yes. From, I have to be like context, give me like some understanding. Mm -hmm. They're giving me a time to just think about it. But <laughs> when I think, cause that was an interesting question about like communication, like, all right, it just hit me uniquely. Like when I think about the breakdown of, of couples when they're trying to communicate, like what we, we fail to recognize is that we're emotional beings. And we bring our whole selves to the conversation, right? So all of our fears and insecurities are being carried with us. And we're receiving information and it's getting processed through, but does he think I'm a priority? Does she think I'm hot enough? Like, like we're just filtering through this subconsciously. And so then you're trying to communicate something and it gets like chopped up, like with a jinsu knife, you know, of like all of my, my, like even my fear of abandonment, like Megan said no to me on my wedding day. And I didn't stop to think, well, you know, it is 2 a.m. So that does seem like we've had a long day. Like we should probably be sleeping. No, I took it as like, oh my gosh, I'm being abandoned. Mm -hmm. And so I just thought about like how 
if we can start to identify the insecurities, like bringing almost the, 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 the background music, the subconscious thoughts out into the open and be able to share that with each other, to be able to say, hey, just so you know, like, this is, this is what I'm thinking all the time, or this is what I'm processing through. What we're doing is we're raising our emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. And when we can do that, when we raise our emotional intelligence, then we're going to communicate better. Then we can actually apply the principles and tools that, that are going to work. But if you don't deal with that, even a tool is going to get kind of side sidetracked because you're still not dealing with what's going on here. And yeah. that's why we say, if you want to make a better marriage, it starts by making a better you. If you're dealing with your insecurities and you're and managing your emotions well in those conversations, because I just think about all the time our communication broke down. It was out all the times that I wasn't managing myself well. And I would say too to that, babe, you're so right, because the reason why couples- I'm sorry, what did you say? <laughs> you are so like right. Wow. <laughs> oh, you got it recorded. Um, partnering with that is obviously there's communication and you're just talking about things. It escalates into an argument when you're not agreeing on something. Mm-hmm. Or something was said that felt disrespected or that felt like, oh, that was a little dagger in the heart, right? And that's where Casey's talking about is like, if you're not healthy, if you don't know your triggers, if you don't know, oh, I've got an abandonment wound and she just touched it, then yeah, you're going to respond and show up differently in the conversations. And and the way we communicate, how we communicate is what connects us, mm. right? I love so it. If you can't get the communication right and there's, there's breakdowns there, the connection's going to feel lacking. Yes. I I had a few things like just um, of absorbing from that. And one in being, I thought about at some point, well, first you have to like, right, deal with your own baggage and trauma and issues. And that's like a, probably that's a lifelong, a whole, thing on its own, yeah. Yeah, a whole thing on its own and a lifelong thing, but you can go in with all the tools, but if you haven't healed that childhood wound or whatever it is like that's going to really hold you back but two as far as the communication goes someone brought up an example of like finances for example and you i think it was you megan you literally said like i go i better go into the conversation like hey i have this financial stress and i want to work with you as a team here on this and this is how i feel and all the things and i used to not enjoy doing our personal finances now i'm enjoying it so we can go invest and recently i was listening to a book millionaire mind for like the third time by T. Harvecker. And he was like, my wife and I's financial blueprints were completely different. Because while I felt like, okay, we're building these businesses and making this money to go invest in our future for freedom so we can be free for a long time. My wife's blueprint was like, we do all this stuff. Let's live lavish right now. Like, let's enjoy the right now. (laughs) And so he was like, we are totally missing each other. So when she went out and spent on something that I felt was unnecessary, I thought, oh my gosh, she's taking away our freedom. And when I'm like, hey, babe, don't spend on that. She's like, you're taking away my, just I'm living in the moment. And so it was this like mix up. And and I was like, Sandy, oh my gosh, I listen to this. We got to talk. We should talk about it because I think that's us. But two, when I go into our financial meetings after I did all my stuff, like I come in Mr. Finance guy and it's not like, hey, let's work as a team on this. What solutions do you see here? Like, here's the things, here's the info. Like, how can we work together? I can do a way better job at that. Um, I love how you said, like, um, it's really setting that intention at the beginning 
of being like, how can we work as a team? Let's create like a pros and cons list. Cause a lot of times, because Wade is like so well-versed in finances and numbers and he got his undergrad and his master's in finance and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm a people person. I don't know much about numbers. Like when, when he like wants to talk about that, I just feel like he knows more than me. So Mm -hmm. what's the point of me engaging in this conversation? So then I get defensive and it it creates this like whole thing that doesn't need to be a thing. So I love, I love that you said like, okay, so this is what what we're going to work through. Let's come at it and work as a team together. And like, this is kind of the intention. How can we put our heads together? Like, what do you see opportunities for growth here? And just like talking it through versus me feeling like I'm being talked at and I want to feel like I'm contributing yes. to the conversation. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's all such great little nuggets that we're taking away. But, yeah. uh, but as working as together as a couple, I, you know, you get more opportunities to communicate together. Yes. I, and I know your audience is, you know, they're entrepreneurs, maybe they're working together. <laughs> Let's just say you get more opportunities to work out like, okay, how are we going to approach this conversation again? And I think one of the most important things, what I love, what I heard from you guys is you guys have picked your lanes and having lanes is really important because yeah. that's like part of the dance of marriage and doing business together is not stepping on each other's toes mm-hmm. and remembering that both of you have different gift sets and come to the table with different ideas mm-hmm. that the other person's probably like, okay, that's a crazy idea. <laughs> But how do you do that in such a way that's affirming to each other, not like tearing each other down? Totally. I'm so curious. I guess this is kind of like a personal question, but, and you probably get asked. They said an open book. I know, but I want to know, like imposter syndrome is such a thing. And like, you guys are like Mm -hmm. the experts in marriage. Like, do you ever like, like this recording could end and you could be like, why the fuck did you say that? Or blah, blah, blah. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, do you guys like fight and be like, okay, like our marriage is like suffering right now, but we're like giving everyone advice on this. Like, I'm so curious. Like, how do you guys work on your marriage? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm just dying to know. <laughs> that's so, that's such a great question. And actually you may be one of the only people who've ever asked us that because you're so honest. And I, I actually really appreciate that yeah. because I think people want to ask us that, but they mm. they're too afraid. So kudos to you. <laughs> uh, there have been several times where we have gotten into a fight. We had a film day plan. We were going to film new content. We canceled it. We we're like, no, we can't, I can't fake it in front of the camera. I can fake it in the bedroom. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I have to make at least one sex joke. Yeah. Um, I mean, we are the marriage people. We talk about sex a lot, but yeah. no, I mean, there's, uh, to be honest with you, most of our content, most of our worksheets have come from actually like our fights, yes. our struggles. And we're like, there's no way we're the only ones struggling with this. And then after a fight, we're like, oh my gosh, that'd be such a great video to do. Or, oh, we should make a worksheet or we should create a course. And so it's kind of cool to see like, yes, our own insecurities and fights and arguments come out there. But there's also times where we've had to say, our marriage is first, Mm -hmm. not the business. Our marriage is first. And we've had to go, we are not doing X, Y, and Z until we're right with each other. Mm -hmm. And it's hard. It's really hard. And there are times, there's only been a couple of times where we've really had to fake it because it was like something that we like, we couldn't reschedule. And we were like, okay, hey, look at, we're still on the same team. Yeah. We're not happy with each other right now. But at the end of the day, it's that reminder. And Casey, I feel like is so good at this. We're a team. Mm-hmm. We're a team that's hurting right now, but we're still a team at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I think it, and it really, I personally get hurt <laughs> by proclaimed relationship experts that 
have had platforms that communicate, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Let me tell you how to do relationships only to find out behind closed doors. There's this, the, everything was falling apart. It was a house of cards. And I guess for me, it hurts me personally because it's like, hey, like we're trying to do the same thing. And you're like, <laughs> you're not showing up your whole self. You're actually, yeah. you're showing up a presenting self. Mm-hmm. And you're lying to people. <laughs> and at the core of marriage, you can't do that. Yeah. So how could you ever talk about relationships with confidence if you're like totally faking it? Because, and I'm going to say when we were, and again, all the, the, that judgment that, that just came out of my mouth comes from a place because I was doing the same thing. When we were first married, way before marriage, 365, I think there was a lot of presenting self. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a youth pastor and um, I would teach high school kids, you know, Hey, like, this is like, let's do good in the world and and everything else. And then I'd come home and I'd cuss her out. And the thing is, is that I didn't have a safe place to say, Hey, I'm struggling. Hey, I don't feel like I got this marriage thing down. What do I do to to get help? Because I was afraid that I would have been, I would have um, been asked to step down. Oh, you got some problems. You would have been judged. Judged. It wasn't a safe place. I would have lost a position. So all of that to me was, is that environment that we've, we can tend to create where it's like, well, you just keep up those, you know, the presenting self and the, the pretenses, but inside there, people are secretly struggling. And Megan and I were like, okay, so that will not be us. That will never be us. And, and there are some early webcasts that we did, like some videos where oh, yeah. we, we, we were live and I interrupted Megan. And then she snapped at me and I was like, oh, we're, we were, we're live. live. We're and live. Like, we're live. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in front of like 500 people. And I was like, oh, I don't care. Hold on, everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, we need to deal with this. You keep interrupting me. <laughs> like, yes. totally did it online live. And you know what everyone said? Well, I, I was afraid because people are going to be like, oh, that's it. People are going to like go, these that's- guys don't know what they're doing. They're fakers. Yeah. And actually, what happened was the opposite was people were like, we needed to hear you guys struggle and work through it and carry on in a positive way yes. because that's what we needed. And it again, I go back, it's this thing of telling the wedding story. Like I remember t- telling you, like oh, this yeah. story will never see the he, light he of was day. Like, you swear, we're you gonna swear never right tell now. anybody this. We're never gonna share this. Why would we ever tell it? And then you know, it's people start feedback. Like I needed to hear that story, like the mess becoming the message. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so I will. I'll just share this really quickly to back to finish that thought up. But uh, a few months ago, we hit a really, really, really hard point in our marriage. We so we'll be married twenty years this year. Wow. <laughs> Is a huge Thank you. And it was a low point and a low point to where like he slept, was sleeping on the couch, which hasn't happened in a long time. And we didn't really do any lives. We weren't really out much. And it was just a really rough time. And um, people started asking and instantly we're like, we're not going to lie about it. We were going through a rough time. No one needs to know the details. But at the end of the day, what we started sharing was right now we're going to therapy we're stuck in something. When we're stuck, we go get help. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. And hey, you listening and you watching, you should also go get help when you get stuck because there are amazing people, resources out there that can help. Even the experts like us yeah. who have all the tools, we can still get stuck. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is people wait too long. 
to get mm-hmm. help. And we don't, we know what happens to those couples. We don't want to be that couple. And so it was really cool to actually go through something really tough and then be able to go, Hey, we should go back into our, we should jump into our app and pull out some of our tools and resources yeah. we created maybe a year or two ago because we need it right now. Yeah. And so I would say for people who've gone to our retreats or they meet us in person, they always say, wow, you guys are really the same in front of the camera as behind, like, as like in real life. But that's because one of our core values is authenticity. We, we never want to be fake. Yes. We have cussed each other out. Yes. We have had fights on camera. I mean, people they're, they're out there on the web. I'm sure someone's going to record and go, look at this couple, but you know, that that's real life. That's marriage. Now I will tell you, we've met a handful of people who are considered marriage experts, authors, speakers. They are horrible people behind the scenes. And it, mm-hmm. it, like Casey mentioned, it's really hard for us because even we looked up to them. And then when we got to meet with them, cause we were like keynote speakers with them on like events and stuff, it like broke us. Cause we're like, Oh, it's like a facade. Yeah. Like you're paying like you're charging people for this and like you're fake. It's, it's, mm. it's actually frustrating because we genuinely want to help people. And yeah. there are people that are marriage and relationships mm-hmm. experts. who are not genuinely wanting to help people. They may have gone into the field to do that, but everybody at our staff, anything with marriage 365, we really, truly care. We really do. I feel like I can feel that like through, yeah. even just through your Instagram, like, I'm like, wow, like the people behind this, you can feel like that you guys are heart led leaders and that you're like walking through it yourself and create, you've created tools and this resource out of like a need from like your own need versus like creating something just to make money. Like, I just feel like there's a difference with that, you know? Well, thank you. What great question, Sandy. I got one. Yeah. Great question on the imposter syndrome. One more (laughs) kind of question or topic. You also gave me like a light bulb moment, like content idea, just to literally make an Instagram reel or something and be like, I've failed at this. I've sucked at that. I've said, cause like, I think I, Instagram, especially, right? You come off like, wow, I'm the man. But you're like, wow, what if you just listed off all your worst things you've ever done? I'm like, I should probably do that. I got to write those down. But the last topic I wanted to bring up is, so we're four plus years into marriage. We've known each other our whole lives. The 10 second story is our parents, our, her dad and my mom went to high school together in Boston, Massachusetts, he moved out to the West Coast, we moved out to the West Coast, our moms were pregnant, we became baby best friends born three weeks apart. And I moved back to the East Coast when I was two. family friends, we got together 10 years ago, totally fell in love. That's a whole different story. But anyways, that's a little background on us married four years. Uh, We have a 17 month old daughter. And you know, in the beginning, right, you're dating and like, it's hot, and it's sexy. And it's all the things everything they do is like, oh, my God, you're yes. so hot. And the intimacy and the the yeah, the everything is there. And then the honeymoon phase, and you get married in the honeymoon phase. And then you you there starts to be this almost domestication because you're you're living together, you're around each other so much, especially when you work together. And then you have children and and all of a sudden it shifts. So in our marriage, like in the four years, like our our intimacy, our, our sex, that like fiery, passionate like sex has changed has a lot shifted, right? From dating. And of course there's some natural element to it to like, you know, Sandy's in the third trimester. Like we just have less sex and like, so what tools or experience or wisdom do you guys have? Like that you can bestow on us or the I audience know that it's normal to go through seasons because I feel like I want to get back into the, yeah, like, I feel like we're going to have our season back where yeah. we're, like there'll be times again where we have sex like seven times in a weekend. Like I want to believe that that's true. I want to believe that too. <laughs> that's true. Oh, like it's been like a, a long time since that's happened. Yeah. 
Okay. And there's almost been like me as a guy, like uh, when we were dating, like a lot of testosterone there, a lot of libido yes. and all the things. And I, I almost I feel, feel like so desired by him. And then one of our biggest like fights now is I'm like, do you not find me like attractive? Because, I like, like find I even look for it less. And I think because uh, I feel rejected when she's like, no, or this or that. So I'm sure there's all these things. But what tool or wiz- tools or wisdom do you guys have for us and the audience? <laughs> I'll let Megan give you the tools. Uh, I will say that. This is normal for a lot of couples, especially in the early childhood rearing years. This is kind of when actually you can set yourself in the right direction or you can set yourself in the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. Because what happens is, and we're going to generalize, okay? So Sandy, you know, you're going to, you're at home, you already got a 17 month old, you're going to have a, you know, a new one that there's a lot of needs that are put upon you. There's two dependent children that are just looking for me to give them everything, right? And that's taxing, right? And at the end of the day, nine o'clock hits, whew, we're wiped, right? Mm-hmm. And Wade, you know, in that season, maybe you're like, okay, you know what? Hey, I'm going to provide for the family. I'm going to get out there. I'm going to hustle and I'm going to work hard. And that requires a lot, a lot requires a lot of energy. And that's where sometimes couples can start moving apart. Like your world is your work and Sandy, your world is the kids. And, and, and what can happen is this is, this is very common. A lot of couples find themselves years, years into parenting and never come, come back together again. And the, the second most common season for divorces to happen is when it's empty nesting. And that's because you've set yourself into a trajectory where we're not connecting nor- regularly. It became a child-centered marriage. They didn't even or, know it. Yeah, a work-centered marriage. And a work-centered yeah. marriage, yeah. But there, there is a path that, that, hey, let's create intentional time. But I'm just, I'll say this, and then you can kind of go and jump in there. Like the investment in babysitting and date nights and weekends away whatever it takes mm. is the most important right now in the season. Because again, if you, you set those patterns early, they will carry you for success longer. Now I will say, I totally understand. Like I was like feeling all of the fields dating and getting married and early marriage. And then once that all went away, I was left with like, uh, okay, what, what happens now? Cause I don't feel in love. And that's, that's when it, you know, you really have to have the courage to choose love. Mm -hmm. I'm choosing love. Yeah. I'm choosing to face in spite of what I'm feeling. This is the commitment I made is to be with Megan and make her a priority. Okay. So to back up Casey. Okay. I want you guys to guess this number. All right. Studies have been done. When you're raising kids, you're that are five years old or younger. What do you think the dissatisfaction rate among parents is? And I'll give you a hint. It's above 50%. It's the dissatisfaction. They are not happy with that season. Like 80%. 79%. Higher. 92% dissatisfaction rate with their marriage when you are raising young children. So wow. are you normal? Yes, you are. It's we hate being hard. normal though. I, <laughs> I know. That's like my I know. Fear is being normal. Okay. So here's the deal. So when Casey mentioned the second most I don't like to say popular, but common time for divorce is empty nest. Well, then what do you think is the first? It's the season you guys are in. Mm -hmm. It's the year four to 10 of marriage. And that's because the kids are young. It's demanding, like he mentioned. So 
I say that not to be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sad. The, the goal is, is that you would fill your toolbox. Hey, all the fixtures listening are like, yes. Cause see, if you can tell Casey's about the feelings and the yep. good and the best. Yep. And I'm like, okay, how do we fix it? How do we like proactively make sure that doesn't happen to us? So it's like half the listeners are like, I side with Casey. Half the listeners are like, I want to hear what Megan's going to do. Mm-hmm. That weekly marriage business meeting is by far the best thing you can do. It's free. It's a once a week, 30 minute to an hour meeting. We have a worksheet that can guide you, make it work for you, but you go over your schedules. You go over your budget. You make sure you each have alone time. You schedule date nights, connection time. We schedule sex. We're major advocates for that because most of the time, both spouses are not in the mood at the same time. And if you leave it to chance, it doesn't often happen. Now, people say, well, scheduling sex is like so unromantic and it's not like Hollywood. Well, yeah, Hollywood's Hollywood because that's fake. Those are actors. Mm-hmm. So please don't ever compare your marriage to Hollywood Fantasy. or The Bachelor. Yeah. Like these are these are fantasy things. They're not real life, right? So what you want to do is say, okay, if we're having spontaneous sex, then you don't need to schedule it. But if we're not having enough sex or one of us isn't satisfied, maybe it's something to try, but- for us, we're just so busy. And in those years, if we didn't schedule it, it wasn't going to happen. There's no way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, you do like for us, we do our weekly marriage business meeting every Sunday night at nine o'clock once the kids go to bed. And we still that. do that. And we've been doing that, you guys, for like 12 years. Well, and I'm going to say, because as you guys work together and you're talking to other entrepreneurial couples, the weekly marriage business meeting is essential mm-hmm. to stay on the same page. Because mm-hmm. if you're if you're not on the setting the right expectations that's where a lot of conflict actually comes up mm-hmm. is that I thought you were going to do this no i thought you were doing this but there's no like hey let's sit down let's talk about who's doing what mm-hmm. over the course of the week yeah that right there i would say that if you do the weekly marriage business meeting you will eliminate 50 percent guarantee of your, of your conflict i agree yes wow um, I'm, I'm excited to implement that i want to leave the house too like for the meeting i want to have it be scheduled leave the house like coffee shop or somewhere oh yeah we our best friend does that with his wife they do it every thursday morning after the kids go to bed or after the kids go to school they do that i love that idea i think it's really fun again make it work for you mm-hmm. um I would also say it's an it's an opportunity to check in emotionally because we have questions on our worksheet like mm-hmm. is there anything i can do to help you out this week how are you and i doing you know, if there was something that you promised you were going to do and you didn't follow through with it, you could get a chance during the weekly marriage business meeting to say, hey, like, can we follow up with that? Like, what's going on? How are you feeling? How's that thing? And I feel like we just, if we don't stop and take the time, we're just on this hamster wheel and we just keep going and going and going. And we kind of do life like side by side and not like to each other, yeah. you know? And then I would say another really practical kind of tip, we call it connection time. I think when couples think about spending time together, they think it's got to be like a date night that costs $500. Absolutely not. It can be free, but it's scheduling like five to 15 minutes. Like it can be that small in that season you're in because you don't have a lot of time. You got little ones waking up from naps, right? Like our kids are older now. So like we can be like mom and dad are going on a date and they can stay at home by themselves, right? We've got a preteen and a teenager. But in those days, it was like, okay, we got 10 minutes. How can we make the most of these 10 minutes? And we actually wrote a book years ago called 365 Connecting Questions for Couples. And it's basically like an open-ended question. So like, you don't have to be creative after a long day of work. You can just open the book and just go, 
okay, so, hey, like, tell me about your childhood when you were, or tell me about your, um, you know, bedroom when you were a teenager. Like, what, did, what were like your, you know, what did your room look like? Just fun questions. And then there's serious questions. Like, you know, what's something from your childhood that you wish you didn't experience? What did your parents teach you about money? Great question for finances, right? Um, and so what are your retirement goals? Like, so we have everything in that book. So it's called 360. What's your favorite form of foreplay? Yes. Yeah. What's your favorite? Get this book. Yeah. Yes. So it's at, it's on our website, marriage365.com. But I think what you need to figure out, like right now, Casey and I are really into Yahtzee. Is it board games? Is it a book? Is it, um, you know, uh, taking walks? Here's what it's not, though. It's not watching TV. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of couples in your in your stage just feel like, I'm so done. I just want to turn on the TV and veg, but you're not really, really connecting. So just remember, it's just small. It doesn't have to be huge. It doesn't have to be expensive, but make your marriage a priority. Yeah. So good. Casey, I feel like I feel a burning question. I do. I actually do. I I wanted to ask you guys, because you guys work together. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to hear from you. What, what is your tool that you use or mindset that, Hey, we're a couple that's working together. How do you make it work? So I want to hear that. I think a big part of it is we go to sleep together at the same time every night and we wake up together at the same time every morning. Early before, way before our daughter wakes up so we can get like intentional about our day, intentional together. So we're really big on like alignment and like setting that time together. Um, It's funny though, hearing you say that, Megan, I realize like we have an au pair. We're not afraid to pay for help. Like we we have that, but most of it is for work. Mm-hmm. Like I was just realizing that I'm like, I have never spent the night away from my daughter mm-hmm. out of my own. Like, I'm not ready to leave her. Yeah. He's gone out of the country. He's done things. I'm like, live your best life. Go meet with your buddies. But I haven't done that. And I'm like, we haven't since mm-hmm. our daughter was born a year and a half ago, we haven't had like a night away. Mm-hmm. And I know that's like Together. my own anxiety, but I realized I'm like, wow, like we're intentional about like, you know, doing our nighttime routines together or we'll play games together or we'll read books together. We're currently in a season where he'll read birth stories to me because I'm like prepping for birth again. Like we do a lot of like connection stuff, but we don't really like get out of the house a lot or like go on dates or like explore or adventure. Most which of the is, things, which is what you used to do. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I yeah. realized that in hearing that, but I feel like that would be my answer. Casey is like so much of our um, alignment and like working well together is that I love that we end our day together and we like recap, like, okay, what was a win for the day? And then in the morning before our daughter wakes up, you know, we start the day together and it's like, Hey, what's your intention today? Like, what are, you know, a couple of things you want to get accomplished. So I feel like we do have really good communication around that. I think a big thing for me too, is, is we like a big part of our business is personal development and growth. And so we're like reading similar or the same books, or we read books together, or we're on a book club together or a lot of things there's yeah that alignment and like intention like we do put a lot of intention into it even amidst crazy toddler season and so i actually almost would like more like scheduled business meetings scheduled stuff sandy's more of a free flowing i want to be more fluid like, she's like don't pin me down to that like no what if something comes up or whatever <laughs> so we'll work through that i think we can do even better with business meetings and family business meetings and all the things but I think it's coming back to like our core values that we know and our intention and like really starting our mornings yeah, together and ending it and there working were seasons on similar when things. I'd stay up super late. Cause I was like grinding in the mode and then this I'd and that, or early. we would do opposite. And then I just felt so disconnected. I'm like, I don't even know what you're like, what, 
what was your day like? Like, I don't even, we, we sleep together. We work together, but like, really like, how are you? Like what happened today? You know, mm. yeah, that's, interesting. So, um, that's really good. Yeah. I love alignment and intentionality. Mm-hmm. So good. That's great. Yeah. Well, that's successful for marriage too. And of course, just to go back to like how, you know, Wade, you were saying you like structure and mm-hmm. you're like, I'm spontaneous. I mean, that's our marriage too. Casey's obviously more to spontaneous. A tea. But you know yeah. what that does is that brings balance because if we were both structured, we wouldn't be mm-hmm. having fun. Yeah. Not as much yeah. fun. And if we were both spontaneous, the bills wouldn't be paid. So right. you, I True. feel like the biggest thing, I mean, this is so off topic and at the same time, it's not really, but like one of my biggest things sometimes I want to do with people and just shake their head because they're like, we're so different. I'm like, exactly. And that's mm-hmm. great. And now if you could just look at it as like, this is a healthy balance. It's the same with parenting. Usually but parents have d- different parenting styles. Your kids need it all. They need a structured parent and they need a happy, like free flowing parent. They actually <laughs> need both because their bosses in their future life or their spouse is going to be different than them. Wait, can I just interrupt real quick? Yes. So <laughs> Megan and I are very different parents oh and gosh, yeah. I am grateful that I have a backstop for Megan because when the kids are young, so get, get ready, Sandy, you're going to love this. <laughs> and, and, you know, I'm just, I'm thinking, I'm thinking as an adult brain. I'm not thinking these are my kids that are dependents. I'm just like, these are my buddies. Yeah. <laughs> life, right? Well, this is when I was a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. And you were working full-time. So they're like, one's eight, one's four. Let's go out and adventure. You know, go, I'd take them to the beach and we'd be swimming all day long. And, you know, they never said to me, hey, dad, I'm hungry. So I'm like, <gasps> okay, we're great. So I would like adventure and just wear them out all day long and then i'd come they cut we come home and then they would just melt down because they hadn't eaten they hadn't done anything but we had the best time yeah right and then megan's like did you feed our children i'm like no they never said they were hungry (laughs) because we were too busy having fun yeah and that's like the thing to me i'm like babe come on like and I'm thinking they didn't have fun because they're coming and crying, but yeah. they're crying because they're realizing I'm starving. And so it, that's <laughs> a great example of, did, did he, was he a bad dad because he didn't feed his children? It wasn't because he was purposely starving. They were having so much fun that they forgot to say, dad, I'm kind of hungry. <laughs> and, and that would look nothing like an outing with me and our children. And, and if couples could just recognize it's actually your differences that can make you succeed. If you look at it as not like my way is the right way mm. and his is the wrong way. It's you have your way. I have my way. Let's find the balance between and, and then I think, yeah, just in regards to marriage in general, if, if more couples realize that their differences actually balance them out and make them more yes. healthy, then that's great. Because we live in a world where you, you better think like me, you better be aligned or like I cut you off and ooh, cancel culture, right? Like that doesn't work. It doesn't yeah, definitely- We live in a very diversive- Yes. Div- uh, divisive. Yeah, divisive, sorry. Divisive. Culture where it's like, it's either on my side or not. And that's not working obviously, yeah. but we're doing it now in marriage. And we, we get that stop. And so we think, oh, well, we just married the wrong person. And rarely it's actually, are you a great spouse? Are you showing up? Again, if you want to make a better marriage, make a better you and, and try to see the balance see, and the difference. See, if Sandy and I got married, we'd figure out a way to keep the lights on. 
Yeah. <laughs> Probably turn off every quarter. <laughs> yeah. and, and with you and Wade. And see, Wade, I'm a saver and Casey's a spender. So if you yeah. and I had gotten married, we would be really wealthy. But yeah, we'd be really wealthy. Much fun. Yeah. Right. yeah, we wouldn't have as much fun. I That is so beautiful. The yin and the yang and how appreciate the differences because yes. you make a whole and you make it better. And you also made me realize like, I'm actually more the, she's the structured, more scheduled parent and I'm the unstructured. So we almost like flip-flop a little bit yeah, with the parenting, parenting and life, which yeah. is really cool. And I want to uh, thank you guys so much for your time. I, you want One more question about yeah, scheduled sex. Hit him. Because oh, I'm like, oh, wow. wow. Wait, because we wrap my head around this. Okay. You go like, first. Scheduled go first. sex. Like, because it's funny. Like, I get shy about sex now around Wade because we're like not having a lot. Of I do way. too, kind of. Yeah, like, we're both like awkward. I'm like, we've had sex. For I know. I've... Years. What are we doing? Ugh. So weird. But like, how do you schedule sex? And is it like on the calendar in like a certain color? Or what does it say? Like, I, I'm like, I'm dying to know. <laughs> it is a great question, especially when you have like teenagers like we do. You can't write in your calendar sex. Yeah. yeah. So Dara would be like, ew, what? what? No. We have a code word. It's it's in there. I'm showing nap a time. picture to Wade and Tanya that it's nap time. Nap time. I love it. Nap time stands for naughty and playful. So yes. if, if you were to look at our phones, you wouldn't think we're perverts. You'd be mm -hmm. like, why are they napping at nine o'clock at night? Yeah. So so we have it scheduled. Yes, it's Sausage on the calendar. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's scheduled. We have an alarm. We have an alert. Here's here's what I'm gonna say. He does foreplay all day long leading up to the days it's scheduled, which I really like. He helps when the kids were young, he'd put the kids to bed. He'd, you know, unload the dishwasher. He'd send me a really sweet text message. That's foreplay? Foreplay for me. Hell yeah. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm learning. I, I want, I don't want just the foreplay in the bedroom. I mean, I want mm -hmm. that too. Don't get me wrong. But I want the love, the romance, the, that for me, teamwork and partnership, he knows this is like everything. Like I didn't get married to do life alone. I'm a very independent woman. I was like, I want to do life with you. Like, I want to know you're on my team. And so I love the days where he, I feel like he's on a team that makes me feel emotionally connected. We'll, we'll play a game or we'll go on a walk. And then when we go into the bedroom, I'm like, I'm primed. I'm like, this is ready. I'm, I'm ready. So I think that what also we always tell people who kind of have a hard time wrapping their mind around it is you schedule doctor's appointments. Uh, hopefully you're going to start scheduling weekly marriage business meetings. You schedule things that are very important, important in your life. Why would you not schedule sex if it's important to you? Mm -hmm. you have to, now, the brain is the largest sex organ. So yes. it's not your penis, okay? It's your, <laughs> your brain. And so, so how it, many times a week, like, do you do weekly or, and is it always like every Wednesday or it's different every week? Like, I think it's different for every couple based off okay. their I mean, we, we, we have different things going on. Like we do these intensives with couples in crisis. And so those are the, those are days that we know, like when we get at home at night, we're taxed, we're spent yeah. we've been working with a couple all day long. So what happens is in our weekly marriage business meeting, we're looking at our week, right? Okay. So um, we have water polo, you know, we got to drop one of our kids off on Tuesday night, but actually here's the little window that we can find ourselves in. So we're trying to look for those pockets. Now, I'm going to say, I grew up in a very conservative home where, I, you know, I couldn't even say the word penis because it was, you know, disgusting or, or rude or whatever. And early when we were married, I couldn't even, I couldn't even say we were married. It was like, Ooh. it was like, but you have a penis. Like, <laughs> like, no, 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 it's a tallywhacker. It? It's a ding dong, whatever. Yeah, um, so here's the thing is, is, um, 
when we were first married, one of the reasons why we had a lot of disconnection, even in the bedroom, was we weren't talking about it. Mm-hmm. And I realized that people feel uncomfortable about talking about sex because they're not talking about it. But mm-hmm. successful couples talk about, hey, how do you like foreplay being done? What do you want to see in the day leading up? Which is why I knew she wants texts. She wants the dishwasher empty. She <laughs> wants me to vacuum the, the house. Yeah. She wants candles. She wants Dave Matthews playing in the background. Hello. She needs the bed made. She, we've had conversations <laughs> where we talk about what's the best this way for me to like tee this up. I, I want... I want a soft, you know, pitch so good. flow ball across yeah. the plate for you yeah. to just knock it out of the park. So you go, this is the best thing ever. Yeah. But if we're not talking about frequency. Like how often do you think? Okay. Because I think if we're just waiting for us to both feel it in the mo- moment, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause you're just leaving it to chance. And yeah. for me, I was like, sex is kind of important. So can, let's talk about w- when we can have it in the week. And now, and listen, here's a lot of guys were like, hey, that takes a lot of the romance out of sex. And I'm like, okay, so you're telling me when you climax, you're going, you're downgrading it saying, well, this was scheduled. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> you're in the moment. Yeah, I have never after an orgasm been like, that sucks that it was scheduled. I'm like, yeah. what? not want to schedule the seven days a week. Like, yes. so yes. I, so the, good. like my take, I feel like, you know, as you have it less, mm-hmm. it actually becomes more uncomfortable, which is probably what you're experiencing. Also on yeah. top of it, you're pregnant. So I feel like there needs to be some grace. Mm-hmm. You've got hormones going on. You've got stresses. You guys just moved. I mean, there's a lot going on in your life. So that, that does impact. That's why even more so I'd say you should schedule it because you're in mm-hmm. a really difficult season. And, and, and so I think that for us, and and we have a lot of friends who are sex therapists, their recommendation for frequency is one quickie a week, like during the weekdays, if you've got children, and then a longer one on the weekend where you can do a lot more foreplay. I like that. That's what we try to aim for at a minimum. Mm -hmm. Uh, The average couple has sex once a week, married couple, once to twice a week. It's technically like 1.5. I'm like, does that mean that one of them didn't orgasm? Like, I don't know what the (laughs) 1.5 is, but, um, and so- you know, but I don't it's like called to, averages. Maybe. I know it's called yeah. averages. And also I don't want to say that because some couples have sex like twice a month and they're completely happy with that. So please mm-hmm. don't listen to that number and go, Oh my gosh, we're doomed. It, it, but talking about it is how you're going to find out if you're both happy. Yeah. So don't assume that. So you say, Hey, like we have sex on average of like two to three times a month. Can I just check in with you? Like, what would you like to see? Mm-hmm. And we have questions about sex in our book, by the way, too. Lots of them. And by the way, that book is rated R. Like, there's a lot of sex questions. I always warn parents. Love it. Bring so it on. start to read it. Please don't leave it on your coffee table. They're going to be like, yeah. oh, it's an orgasm. And, you know, there's a time for that conversation. <laughs> but, you know, I just, yeah, I love that, babe. I think as we started to talk, because we had a horrible sex life, by the way, for seven years. Like, no. horrible. Yeah. Now, he thought it was okay. I hated it. So, we now have a great sex life. That doesn't mean that we don't have seasons of ups and downs, mm-hmm. but yes, if you talk about it and if you're like, I don't know what to start, I don't know what to bring up. That's where we come in. We need a whole podcast. You, you should invite us back just to talk about sex. Yeah, yeah, we might need a part two on like need the, a sex part the sex, two. I think. But, but I love it. If you don't have resources, go to Marriage 365. Like we have so many that can help you. Yeah, I do want to ask you, I want to end with that is where 
where we can find this stuff. We're living on the wild side here a little bit. I forgot to get the charger for our laptop and it keeps reminding me, your battery's about to die. We got 6%, so we got plenty of time. I am sweating a little bit. I'm like, Standy sweating. I'm, I'm definitely sweating. <laughs> funny, funny story to end it. And then I want to ask like, where do we find all this amazing resources and what are the best ones you'd point us towards? Is yesterday, Sandy was like, you know what would turn me on so much? If like the garage was the last part of our move that had to be done and unpacked and it was like a shit show. And for some reason today, I went into the Wait, garage. You said that weird. I said oh, what would turn. Oh, oh, and I would just drag you right up to the bedroom and I would be like, let's go if you just clean the garage tomorrow. So she said that actually on the podcast that we recorded yesterday. So for all the listeners who are listening in order. This morning I woke up, I walk into the garage. I swear consciously, I did not think of that. It didn't even cross my mind, but I just start like power cleaning, powerhousing through the entire garage. And I never, I'm not like an initiative taker no. of like homekeeping. Like it's, it's just not like, I'll take initiative in other areas, not there. <laughs> I get to the end of it and I'm like, whoa, I just dominated that. And then I remembered, I'm like, oh, is my oh, subconscious yeah. like acting here? I'm like, I'm being dragged up to the bedroom now. And I left a little note on the garage door. So once it came up, she would see it hanging, be like, baby, I love you so, 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 so much. Um, and so side note for listeners from the last episode, but yeah, I think I might get lucky tonight. We'll see. <laughs> um, this After this uh, session, I hope you do. I hope you're I know we're all fun. sweaty now, but anyways, where, okay. You so much value. Added. Amazing. You're incredible. I hang out with you guys. Yeah. We'll have to hit you up next time we're in Orange County, but okay. Marriage 365, tell us all the best places we can connect with you. And then if you have like, I would check out this resource first or that, like the business meeting or anything, yeah. just share anything on your hearts there. Okay. So the best place to find us is of course on Instagram. It's our most active community, Marriage 365. You can go to marriage365.com. The number one, which we, we say high value, low cost best resource and tool, everything that we've learned about how to be successful is found inside of our membership. And that is basically like, think like a masterclass for marriage where we've interviewed experts. We've come up with our own tools. We got courses and videos and worksheets. We even have a checkup. So if you're like, where do I, where do I start? You can actually take a self-assessment, figure out, hey, this is the area I need to work on in my marriage first. That weekly marriage business feeding worksheet we talked about there? is in there. Yeah, we have yeah. a video called Connection Time. We have date night tips, date night questions. And so it's all in one convenient place. We have a great app. It's really a great resource for any all couples, not just hurting couples. We say some some come looking for vitamins. Hey, we're doing really good. We think we can do better. We want to continue to grow. We have a growth <laughs> mindset. Mm -hmm. Great. Awesome. Some couples come to us for painkillers. They're like, hey, we're hurting. We need hope, healing, a path. How do we rebuild trust? How do we deal with conflict? We're feeling like sexually rejected. What do we do? We have all those tools. I would say that 80%, maybe even more of issues that couples would deal with in marriage, we've actually addressed inside of our app. The same thing you'd get into therapy. Yeah. That's, that's all covered. So Wow. Yeah. You guys are so amazing. Thank Rock you stars. so much for your time. So grateful. And just your energy and your enthusiasm and your wisdom and your vulnerability. Everything is so amazing. Um, thank you for having us. Wait, show off your guns real quick before we go. Oh, yeah. There we go on the video. There it is. I appreciate you guys. All right. Until next time. Only those that can see the invisible can do the impossible. So remember, you are magnetic. Magnetic.